Hey, 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 how's it going, everyone? David Flores here, CEO of Spotlight Media. And it's my pleasure to welcome you to another episode of Spotlight Media, the podcast. In today's episode, I have the very distinct pleasure of sitting down with James Lantier. He's the CEO of Mindset Pharma, a Toronto-based drug discovery company that's focused on creating novel and patentable psychedelic compounds for the treatment of neurological and psychiatric disorders. In my conversation with Mr. Lantier, we discussed some of the highlights that Mindset experienced throughout 2022 and how they've set the stage for a potentially successful and very exciting 2023 ahead. As always, I want to remind you to subscribe to our podcast so that you never, ever miss an episode. But most importantly, sit back and enjoy the show. James, uh, it's been a while, but great to see you again. How are you doing today? I'm good, David. Great to see you again as well. Yeah, most definitely. And, you know, here we are at the tail end of 2022. It's been uh, an interesting year, to say the least. Some some highs, some lows. We'll get into a little bit of that uh, uh, over the course of our conversation here. But I want to kick things off here by giving you an opportunity to elaborate on something, you know, that you mentioned in your year-end shareholder letter, uh, which was put out a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I want to highlight this this statement here because I think it's an important statement that I view as kind of the backbone, if you will, of Mindset Pharma. And, and the statement is, you know, Mindset is focused on a singular goal to bring best in class optimized psychedelic medications to patients in need. Again, a very important statement. So I want to open the platform here to you to give you an opportunity to elaborate a little bit on it, what it actually means to you. Because again, I think it's an important statement here. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the big differentiators, big differences, you know, with mindset um, compared to, you know, a lot of other companies in the medical psychedelic space has been really our focus. And we've really, you know, defined ourselves as much by what we don't do as, as what we do. You know, we didn't start the company with, uh, you know, a focus on anything other than trying to discover and develop new, better drugs. I mean, in a lot of ways, the work that Mindset is doing is really kind of just extending the the, the work in a bit of a broader way than, you know, than, than many of kind of the, you know, the early chemists, you know, the fa famous chemists, you know, working in the space. That's, that's, we're just, we're just trying to do a more modern version of that, where we're trying to make new drugs, where we're trying to improve on some of the the, the potential shortcomings of the known drugs and, and really shortcomings in how they could be used as, you know, medicines for big patient groups with, you know, compromised people with compromised health, safer different durations of, you know, shorter duration, longer duration, different intensities, you know, more predictable. Those are the kinds of things that we're trying to, to adjust for. And, you know, really, this is in a lot of ways, just like the march of, of science, uh, you know, this is what, what science, uh, modern science and modern, you know, biotech and pharmacology try to do is you, you, you take an existing drug or an existing target, and you try to make better drugs. And in this case, we really felt like this was a big opportunity, because a, it was a big opportunity to help to do a better, even better job of helping patients because we felt like the first generation drugs didn't perfectly serve, uh, you know, patients. And, and also we really are looking to, um, you know, align in a lot of ways with 
with pharma and on, in our view and and you know pharma was going to play a really important role in the space um you know they they, they pick a subset of medicine uh you know they're involved in in getting the drugs to patients and to really attract the interest of pharma and the investors who support pharma you need uh, drugs that are are chemically novel and and are you know new and, and patentable um, in a way that the, the known psychedelic drugs just aren't because they're they've been in the public domain for you know for decades. So that's been the focus from the beginning. We weren't focused on you know functional mushrooms or clinics or adjacent businesses or formulations of old drugs. It's always been new drugs. And so on that staying focused on new drugs. I think that's been important. And I think from my perspective, one of the things that's helped mindset sort of find progress and, and succeed in challenging times right now, you know, as I mentioned at the, at the, the beginning of this conversation, you know, 2022 has been a rocky year for the psychedelic sectors, a rocky year for the markets in general, but the psychedelic sector got hit particularly hard. We've seen some companies that were around a year ago that aren't around anymore. Uh, but following the journey of mindset, it seems as if you guys have continued to make progress, particularly with your drug development pipeline. And so I want to, you know, talk a little bit about that and maybe start with MSP 1014. I guess first give us an overview of what it is just as a refresher and talk about some of the progress that was made with it here throughout the year and how that translates into what lies ahead for it going into 2023. Yeah, sure. So MSP 1014 is really one of the, it, it comes from what we call our family one. So those are the, the first set of drugs that we started to work on. And, uh, and, and the, the term family one really just describes kind of a, a whole different set of, uh, of drug design strategies that we applied to the psilocybin backbone. Um, and, and we did it really to, to, to try to create novelty. So to create new drugs, but we approach this this endeavor a little bit differently than a lot of other groups in the space who, you know, there's, there's, there's always scientists out there who have kind of one idea or one or two ideas. We wanted to really try a whole bunch of different ideas and, and see, you know, what came, what came out of that. And that really describes family one and family one is kind of the, in the, in the, if you will, like the beginning of our, our, our journey into psychedelic drug discovery. So some of what we learned in family one informs, you know, a lot of the other families that we developed. Hey, anyway, family one out of family one, we picked um, what we felt like was the most uh, promising uh, drug candidate, which is a drug that we call MSP 1014. MSP 1014 is a, uh, is a pro drug of psilocin in the same way that psilocybin is, uh, is a pro-drug of psilocin. Um, and but what we've been able to, to observe in you know, our preclinical work around 1014 is that we think it has certain advantages over psilocybin. Namely, we think that it's potentially a safer drug um, and it is, a, it is a somewhat stronger drug. And with you know, a stronger drug, you can uh, dose it at a, at a at a lower level, which you know means that you've got a, a lower risk of of side effects. Um, but I think the biggest advancement with 1014 in the year is that we've really taken the steps we need to move it into clinical mm -hmm. studies, so human studies next year, um, and we were able to get uh, some uh, some really advantageous 
um, guidance from the UK regulator, the MHRA. So it's the UK kind of equivalent of the FDA, where the MHRA has said essentially that um, that uh, 1014 is similar enough to psilocybin that it can really piggyback off of psilocybin's uh, safety track record. So we don't need to, to go through the, the sort of expensive and time consuming uh, toxicology studies that you need in order to go into human trials. And what's even better is that we can go right into treating uh, patients in our first in human trial. So typically, your phase one is is really just safety. You're assessing safety. You're not getting any kind of a, a readout or signal around the efficacy of the drug because um, you're treating uh, health, perfectly healthy people, volunteers. Um, here we can go right into treating patients, meaning uh, you know that really expedites kind of the the pathway for for 1014 to to move forward in a lot of ways because. Um, by the end of this first human trial, uh, which we should be launching in the first half of next year, uh, you know, we should have real, uh, you know, efficacy data. So that's really exciting for mindset. You know, generally speaking, I think the last three years have been, you know, about um, really setting mindset up as probably the, the premier, you know, biotech company in the space working on new drugs and next year and, and going forward is about really establishing mindset as, as the premier clinical stage, uh, you know, biotech company working with new drugs and 1014 is a big, a big part of that. So it sounds like there's been some unique advantages that mindset has had here in terms of being able to fast track, uh, the process, if you will, here with, with 1014 and some of the, the, the drug development, uh, pipeline that you've got. I want to talk a little bit of how important has that been, um, you know, especially in, in times right now where, you know, the market, like we said, you know, has been a bit challenging, um, you know, and that creates challenges in terms of, you know, access to capital for companies. But being able to find these advantages wherever you can, I think, is important in order to navigate through these challenging waters. So, you know, I, I think that's important to highlight here because I think there's a big reason why mindset is where it is right now versus, you know, again, some of the companies that, you know, are no longer standing here today. So talk a little bit about some of the advantages that mindset has been able to utilize to the advantage to in order in order to make the progress that they've made so far. Yeah, you're you're 100 percent right. And a lot of that goes back to one of the, the things I said at the outset, which is that we've really, you know, in some ways defined ourselves by what we haven't done. Mm -hmm. um, and and, you know, we've really tried, uh, you know, you have to excuse the old expression, but to, you know, stick to our knitting mm -hmm. <laughs> in terms of sticking to, you know, where we think our competitive advantage as a business, as an organization really lies and where we think you know, our competitive advantage really lies is in the early stage drug discovery. So, so designing the molecules, creating, you know, IP, in a, 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 you know, essentially like carving out some IP white space for ourselves so that, you know, we have a high degree of confidence that what we're working on, we're going to own and is, is novel. And then, you know, I also, the scientific team is, is the other side of it that's really skilled at, um, you know, early stage, you know, behavioral pharmacology. So understanding, you know, what you need, what you need to do, what tests you need to do, which animal models to run in order to, to really get a sense of how the new drug differs mm -hmm. from the benchmark drug, which in this case, in our case is, you know, either psilocybin or DMT and, and 5-MeO-DMT. Those are the drugs that we're 
benchmarking ourselves against. And, um, you know, there are a lot of uh, CROs out there in the world that will do this kind of work for you. But, um, you know, mindset really has, uh, has sort of two of the top experts, you know, in-house. So our medicinal chemist, Alex Lassie, is, is you know, exceptionally talented with a, a real track record of, of actually doing the actual design work of, of new drugs. And then, then, you know, helping kind of tease out differentiation and Joe Arujo, who's our CSO and the other scientific co-founder um, has, has had a long track record building up one of the preeminent, you know, CROs in uh, predictive animal models. So really, you know, between those two and their network of CROs, we've been able to, I think, and this is really part of the secret sauce is we've been able to, you know, do some preliminary screening work on a very, very large number of, of you know, drug candidates. And so we've had really had, you know, a lot to a lot to choose from. I think the other key in, in getting the programs as uh, as advanced as we have in, in a relatively short span of time have, have been the partnerships and, you know, principally the 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 collaboration with, you know, with Otsuka, which is given mindset, I think, you know, a, a huge leg up uh, on the market in, in many respects. Yeah. And you mentioned partnerships and I want to kind of, you know, elaborate a little bit more on that um, because I think they've played a critical role in helping to, you know, move the progress along for mindset here this, this year and whether it's partnerships with Sybin or the McQuaid Center for Strategic Research and Development, you have seemed to identify strategic partnerships that are, working, you know, uh, to vent to the benefit of the company. So give us a little bit of uh, insight into the thought process behind these partnerships and the value that they're bringing here to Mindset Pharma. Yeah, for sure. So I think it's, it's important to, to understand that these really were kind of the key, one of the keys to our strategy for, from the very beginning. You know, again, we felt like what the scientific team was really good at was early stage discovery work. We could see the need. Our view was uh, of the future was that you know, pharma would would want to get into the space. They would view first generation drugs as you know a good proof of concept, but they would gravitate towards you know new drugs. And so, what we really wanted to do was create a a business and a, and products for what we felt like the future of the medical psychedelic space would would look like. Um, and we we anticipated that there would be this demand from uh, from from pharma or from groups with you know a clinical orientation and getting uh, in in bringing you know novel drugs to market. So so the partnerships that you see today are very much an outgrowth uh, and a purposeful outgrowth of that that you know that strategy of focusing on you know defensible IP, creating you know new drug assets that are you know, novel to, to enough to be patentable and also, uh, you know, differentiated. In the beginning of the year, we announced the collaboration with the McQuaid Center for Strategic Research and Development, which is the development arm, um, the U.S. development arm of Otsuka Pharmaceuticals, which is a top psychiatric drug company. That's been, um, we've, I mean, we've talked about it before, but that's been an enormous, uh, enormous, enormous leg up for, you know, mindset, Otsuka, we partnered with uh, MSRD on our two sort of short-acting drug families, and uh, and you know MSRD is funding the development expenses of those two families to take them to the end of phase one, um, which is in this market environment is is you know huge huge uh, 
benefit because all that funding is non-dilutive and they also made an upfront payment, a uh, very significant upfront payment to mindset as well. Uh, the funding's all non-dilutive, but I think what's what's really uh, as valuable, frankly, if not more valuable than the funding is just the access to their expertise. Right. They're developing psychiatric drugs and running clinical trials around the world. And, and, uh, and they know an awful lot about drug differentiation. They know an awful lot about psychedelic, uh, this class of drugs. And, and just, you know, it takes like, it takes an enormous, it can't be overstated. It takes an enormously varied range of like skills and specialized and expensive people to take a drug from, uh, you know, a chemical structure all the way through the regulatory process, especially in the, in, in, you know, North America, Europe, and ultimately to, to, to be qualified enough to get it to patients. And so what it's meant that mindset's been able to really leverage their expertise and, and frankly, not have to go out and hire, you know, experts at mm -hmm. all these different, uh, different levels of the value chain to, to actually do that work. So it's been just like, huge, huge, you know, advantage to mindset. So we announced that back in January. And then in, in September, um, we announced, I think it was the end of September, we announced a license agreement with Cybin, um, where uh, there was a subset of our compounds that based on what Cybin had said in the past, we thought could be, you know, interesting to them, we weren't working on them. Um, and we were able to negotiate uh, or come to a deal. And I think, that's great. Cybin has more of a later stage development organization than Mindset. So again, you know, uh, it's really helpful for us to partner with people who, with groups who want to and are, you know, doing the work to actually advance drugs further, you know, in the clinical process. And again, we weren't working on these drugs. So it's, it's another, it's another way, it's another kind of kick at the can for Mindset at, at uh, commercializing what the scientific team has, has developed. Yeah. So, you know, hindsight is always 2020. Um, you know, I think looking back on some of the companies that you know, the biotech companies and drug development companies that were in this space uh, that are no longer here. Uh, I think it's easy for us to sit here, you know, like the armchair quarterback and, and basically sure. say, well, maybe they overreached by trying to, stretch themselves too thin by expanding into functional mushrooms. But a lot of the strategy behind that for some of these companies was so that there would be some sort of source of revenue in the meantime, yeah. while these drug development, you know, uh, pipelines were going through the entire process and whatnot. So you can kind of understand where, you know, where their, you know, where their thinking was with that, but mindset didn't go down that route, didn't go down that path. But with that in mind, you know, you mentioned a little bit about funding and, you know, being able to continue to find funding despite, you know, a challenging environment, you know, how, how is the company, you know, able to take that funding, make sure that it's put towards where it needs to go, but with no revenue source coming in, you know, I got to imagine that's got to create some, some challenges there. So how, how are you navigating through this tricky little time here, you know, for, for Mindset? Yeah, well, if, you know, of, of course, mindset has to be, you know, careful and deliberate with it, how it allocates capital right. to, to across its across the different projects. You know, we can't do everything at once. And but as you know, as you can tell, like it's never been our plan to try to try to do <laughs> to try to do everything at once. Um, 
I think you know every biotech company, uh, regardless of the of of the value of their of their programs, has to make the same kind of careful choices. And so mindset is no different. Um, I think the the timing of these different partnerships have, have been you know really uh, really you know key for us. You know, uh, you know at the beginning of the year, Otsuka you know made MSRD made a you know five million dollar upfront payment. That was just for Mindset's own purposes, separate from their funding of the programs, which has um, signif- been significantly, uh, you know, more than that. And then, you know, there was an upfront payment from Cybin uh, in the September licensing. So, um, you know, we've been trying to structure partnerships in a way that they, you know, bring in, you know, non-dilutive capital. And and I think, you know, as a result, um, we have had a, a pretty good runway. But again, we're also we've kept the organization really small and really lean. Um, and we haven't gone out and hired, you know, fan, you know, yeah, clinical experts mm-hmm. and, and those kinds of folks. So I think it's helpful that our model is a low cost model. We don't have our own facilities where everything gets subcontracted, uh, you know, without a lot of, you know, forward commitments. So, uh, yeah, I think we, we've, we've got the kind of the right model for these more, you know, challenging times. Yeah. And the non-dilutive capital, like, I don't want to just pass over that, um, because I think that's, that's really important because that to me, at least, you know, as an outsider looking in at least demonstrates that the company isn't just concerned about meeting its needs here today, but it's concerned also about, you know, the potential ramifications that bringing in capital today may have, you know, in a year, two, three, four years from now, which is important because it's all about setting a very strong foundation for the company. And, you know, just, just based on everything that, you know, you're talking about here, it really does seem like, you know, the company is putting very careful thought into building a strong foundation that isn't just going to support the company here today in the short term, but is going to support the company through the long term. So with that in mind, what do you feel mindset has on its side here in terms of advantages to allow it to get through this phase here where, again, it's it's kind of a, a phase where there's not a whole lot of activity happening happening, you know, although there is a lot going on behind the scenes, don't get me wrong, but from the market sector perspective, you know, there's just, there's not a whole lot to get people excited out there, but what is mindset doing to position itself for a long-term run at this? Yeah. I mean, I think the, 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 the great irony of, of the market is that, you know, the, the, the retail interests, you know, kind of retrenched in the space, right at a point in time where actually, you know, the programs really are the programs that effectively their capital is funding are, are you know, making great strides mm-hmm. and, and moving forward. And so what makes a, what makes a biotech company more valuable is, is getting its drugs closer to regulatory approval through clinical trials and then ultimately to patients. And that's where, you know, all of our decisions and mindset and and really all our capital goes towards is towards advancing drugs both the drugs inside the otsuka collaboration and and some of the uh drugs outside of the collaboration you know advancing them towards uh through into and through you know clinical clinical trials and and, and that is what will you know you know on in the absence of these, this class of drugs, you know, all going adult use rec Mm -hmm. positive tomorrow, um, that that's what will make them the medical track biotech companies worth more is is getting their drugs further ahead. So, 
you know, yes, the, the, you know, the, we talk, we try not to get too worked up over the, the public market stuff because we're part of a, uh, a, a massively wider retrenchment across, you know, uh, riskier, you know, assets. And that's just, that's just the market that's going to happen. What matters is that you build for uh, a business that's going to have value into the future. And, and that's what we've done from, you know, from the very beginning is, is focus on where the space was, was headed. And I think we've, we've, you know, so far that's, so far that's worked out because, you know, we're still here and we're moving forward um, whereas others are, you know, are, are falling by the wayside. Yeah. Well, one of the exciting pieces of news that came out of the psychedelic space, uh, this year was the passing of prop 122 in Colorado. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, does that have any impact at all, you know, on mindsets, short or long-term plans, uh, and also just get your own personal take on the legal landscape here of psychedelics as we look ahead over the next couple of years. Well, it's really fascinating to watch, isn't it? I mean, it's it's, and I'd love to get hear your thoughts too. You know, I I I, I think um, I think it, it it doesn't really doesn't affect mindset in the short term. I think in the longer term, it's 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 all a net positive for the for the medical psychedelic space. Mm-hmm. I mean, my own view of of the how the space is you know ultimately going to evolve is you know is towards uh you know a, a fairly personalized you know medical regime where there where there will be first generation drugs and there will be you know second and third generation drugs that have you know regulatory approval um you know of course I'll, I I you know have the point of view that you know, I want to make sure that that things don't move in in a direction uh, without you know care and and thoughtfulness, and mm-hmm. and so that we don't you know engender a backlash against this class of drugs. But um, but I think overall, it's great. It's great for the space. It's great for you know the FDA doesn't make decisions in a vacuum. Uh, you know. Um, I think it's 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 overall like quite a uh, quite a net positive because it's 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 the voice of you know it's the voice of the people and it really just goes to show how um, how much desperation there is for you know new solutions for the for the mental health crisis. Yeah, um, that's that's a great point you know, because the mental health crisis it, it's it just continues to to you know become an even even bigger problem and even a bigger issue across society and so that for me is where i still you know see a lot of hope and potential here with psychedelics and you know the other thing that that i've noticed too is as of late, we've started to see, you know, some of these mushroom dispensaries or mushroom shops, you know, popping up across North America. I know there was one in Toronto, one recently in Portland, Oregon. And it just reminds me of where the cannabis market space was, you know, 10, 15 years ago, when things were just starting to pick up. And you started to see companies and people sort of testing the limits saying, okay, I know it's not legal yet, but I'm going to open right. up my, my dispensary and open up my shop, you know, and see how, how long I can get away with this. And we're starting to see people testing that, you know, on the psychedelic side of things, specifically with mushrooms. So that, that to me, if nothing else just demonstrates that, you know, interest throughout society is continuing to grow and it's picking up momentum. And as so long as that happens, 
one way or another, psychedelics are going to make their way into the mainstream. Yes, there's going to be a medical component, but I think over the course of time, there will come, you know, a recreational component to it as well. But I, you know, just, you know, sharing my own thoughts on this, you know, I, I see the potential here um, because I do think that there is a very serious problem in this mental health crisis that needs to be solved. And I think psychedelics can play a pretty significant role in that. I mean, I would imagine you would agree, right? I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. I mean, that's why I'm here. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, we all, you know, we, we, we all have people in our lives, you know, who, who suffer terribly from these illnesses and, uh, and, you know, the, the immediacy of the effect of psychedelic medicine, the durability and, and really just the, the, the interesting nature of the experience mm -hmm. all, you know, I think, uh, you know, argue for the drugs being, you know, available in a, at least in a therapeutic context, you know, I don't, I lacking a crystal ball, you know, I tough, I totally get the comparisons to, to cannabis and, and people testing the water. I don't, it would be really interesting to see how, how much that plays out in terms of, following the path of cannabis. I, I suspect just given the strength of the drugs and the, the, the duration of, of the trip that it, they'll have a harder time following the, the kind of the cannabis uh, rec use pathway. Maybe I'm wrong. We'll, we'll have, you know, and, and we'll, we'll have to see, but if nothing else, obviously, you know, I'm a big believer in their, in their medical use. And it's a really, it's a shame that frankly, these drugs were off limits for so long and that it, it took, you know, all the, the dedicated research of, of uh, you know, uh, really, you know, a handful of scientists and, and the, the not-for-profit groups to, to get us to where we are, you know, today. Um, yeah. But thank goodness they did the work because we, for sure, we need, uh, you know, society needs the help. <laughs> Yeah, no, no question about it. Uh, so last question here uh, to, be, to wrap things up. Yeah, I want you to give me your elevator pitch and I want you to dumb it down, if you will, acting like if I was, you know, in elementary school or, or, or whatever. But, you know, give me your elevator pitch in terms of, you know, why, you know, someone should follow or jump aboard, not just follow. Let's say let's let's go all in. Let's jump on the mindset pharma journey. Let's get on the mindset pharma train here in 2023. Why, based on, you know, everything that you know and what, you know, you can share with us, why would you encourage me to jump on the mindset pharma train going into 2023 because between uh, between our ip our drug assets and our partnerships mindset is uh has the best chance of any company of getting a new and improved psychedelic therapeutic uh to market that is a best-in-class drug to uh, and and a, a best-in-class novel uh psychedelic therapeutic has a an immense opportunity to uh help patients on a on a scale that i don't think we've seen before 
Very good. Well, James Lantier. Thank I mean, you there so might much. be might have been a few words in there that weren't <laughs> quite at the five year old level, but the. the I think it's great. You, no, you I think it. It, I think it works, and yeah, that's an elevator pitch. You know that, that we're, we're jumping off here on the on the thirty first floor. So perfect, perfect timing yeah. on that. Uh, but James Lantier, thank you so much. I appreciate this as always. Uh, congratulations, you know, on a on a solid year in twenty twenty two and staying alive. You know, so and keeping keeping the beat going here. Thanks so much, David. I really appreciate it. Thanks, yeah, and so thanks for, for the time. Yeah. And for folks out there, I want to you know encourage you to visit Mindset Pharma. They're at mindsetpharma.com. So thank you again, James, and have a great day. You as well. Thanks. thanks.